episode 26 of Granite Town Media's Inside Milford. My name is Tim Finan, and once again, I'll be your host for today's episode. Today, we bring you a special episode featuring town moderator Pete Basilier. Pete is going to help guide us through what to be expect, what we can expect at the upcoming election on November the 3rd. Uh, thank you, Peter. Are you ready for the big day? Well, we're getting there. Every day we get a little <laughs> bit more prepared. Uh, oh, you you phrase it correctly. It is a big day. Yeah. So so let, let's just start with that. So the election day is it's OK. We're recording this on Monday evening. Uh, so the election is Tuesday, November 3rd at the Milford High School. Correct. That's correct. The, the polls are open from six in the morning until eight in the evening. OK. So for those who maybe didn't vote at the primary in September, um, we have moved the polling place from the middle school over to the high school. Can you just kind of summarize why we did that? Sure. The The impact of the pandemic is manifold, and on the polling place, the idea of having to have six feet around every person, you know, for, to them, for them to be physically distanced uh, has made the middle school gym just too small. As, as you may recall, the people who voted at the school will recall uh, in the middle school gym, we had both new voter registration as well as uh, check-in and, and voting for registered, previously registered voters. Uh, we just did not have enough space to accommodate all that we needed to run the election and still provide adequate space for anyone walking through the uh, process. So we moved over to the high school where we, in a sense, have two polling locations in the same building. They're still considered one polling place for record keeping and all of that is still uh, one moderator responsible for the entire uh, place, the polling place. But essentially what we chose to do was have previously registered voters uh, will go into the main door of the, of the high school, check in there and then cast their ballots in the gym and leave the building by the gym exit. And new voters will come in through the side door for any of us that have been in town for a really long time. It was the original main entrance, but now it's the side entrance to the high school on the north side of the high school. And those new voters will go in that way door and make their way down to the cafeteria where they will be able to register and then cast their ballot and leave by the a door next to the restaurant windows on West Street. Okay, so that's slightly different from September, the part, the part of the new voters, correct? Yes, that's correct. There's two, two changes uh, uh, from September. And we always said we'd go into the September primary uh, looking at it as a dry run from November. We expected about 3,000 or so people to vote in September, and we got about 3,200. By comparison... I think we're going to get a 75% turnout in November. That would be 9,000 people casting a ballot, whether they do it in person or by absentee. So we're gonna, going to have uh, almost three times as many people in, in November. But one of the learnings we took away from the September was that where we had a tent for unmasked voters, because um, I've decided that uh, in the interest of everyone's well-being, that 
people who go into the polling place, be they a voter, a worker, or an observer, must be wearing a, a face covering, be it a face mask or some other covering of their nose and mouth. And because of that, we have on the outside of the school, but considered part of the school, uh, well, the polling place is a tent for the unmasked voters. That tent in September was at one of the exits from the gym. And we learned quickly during the day that uh, taking that space for uh, the unmasked voters tent meant that anyone with a mobility issue and was parked out front in the handicapped parking space had a really long ways to go to make it back to their vehicle. So we were able to relocate that tent from the gym. The buildings and ground crew made a, a platform and ramp uh, to go in that location, that a ramp that did not exist before. And now the tent is next to the main entrance. Um, and so by doing that, um, it meant that uh, we could move the new, uh, the new voter tent next to the main door. And because we anticipate uh, 800 or so new voters, but possibly on election day, we decided to have them come in through the side door rather than the main entrance as they did in September. Okay, that that makes sense. So you're talking about the mask versus the no mask. So the idea is that if you um, if you enter the building, you need to have a mask on, a face That's covering true. on. Absolutely. So if someone if somebody does not want to or or cannot for whatever reason wear a mask. Where do they go? Do they go to the main door and then get redirected, or should they go straight to the tent? Well, they, they can go straight to the tent. So if you're if you're coming, if you've walked up West Street from Elma, as an example, the the tent is before you get to the main door. But if you've parked, for example, at the middle school or further down on West Street by Osgood or in the parking lot at the football field, then you you pass the main entrance and you go like twenty feet further. And there will okay. be a, a and I assume there'll yep. I ahead. assume there'll be plenty of signage, plenty of signage, right? Well, that's our intent. Between signage and uh, having people as greeters and others, uh, yeah. The, the difficulty with signage at any point is that we have a lot of campaigners out there, so that is an attention getter for many people. And uh, the sidewalk uh, is very is narrow and goes along those people, so it's difficult to put up a whole lot of signage, but uh, we certainly will be putting up as much as we can. And uh, just this this late last week, early this week, people in town uh, will be receiving a postcard mailing uh, that also depicts the layout of the school and mm -hmm. where the entrances and the exits are. That mailing uh, was done by a company in Concord, New Hampshire, and it was sent to, a postcard was sent to every household address, not a P.O. box, but every household address in town. Good, good. And I also saw that's on Facebook, too, so folks should see it there. Oh, good. Uh, it's on Facebook then, but even for people who are not on Facebook, uh, it's also on the town website. Mm -hmm. Good, good. So, okay, let's just back up a, a bit here. So the election itself, for those, for those who may not know, right? So this okay. is a federal election, federal and state election, correct? That's correct, yes. So the so the ballot, I don't expect you to know everything that's on the ballot, but we have the president and the vice president, um, one of our two senators to the federal government, to the U.S. government, 
and one of the two, well, our only representative to Congress. We only There's only two districts in New Hampshire. Milford's in one of them, District 11, I think. No, second, I'm sorry, that's, that's second, the state level. Yeah, sure. We're the second right. federal district. Um, and we also have our state reps, which there are four of them, and our state senator, which there's one. Those are the, the major um, positions on this well, ballot, you, right? You, almost, Tim. You'd be pretty well off the top of your head. Um, the, there's, a, there's a race for governor as well. Oh, the uh, governor. <laughs> How can I forget the governor? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we actually have five representatives in Concord. Uh, there's a, a fifth, uh, I think it's called a filatorial district. So there are, okay. if you look at the ballot, there are, there's one race that named uh, where you can vote for up to four. And then there's a second race for also for state representative where you can vote for one. Okay. Yes, I did know that. I did know, but I always think right. of that. The, just the 23rd district, because <laughs> <laughs> there's only four. Because I know the four of them. Um, okay. Cool. So that's so that so there's one ballot. So I'm I'm going back to the primary. You know, some people get kind of flustered at the primary sometimes because there's there's two ballots and you have to declare a party and you have to tell announce yourself which ballot you want. That does not apply to this election, correct? Yes, you are correct. Absolutely. There's one ballot. Everyone gets the same ballot, regardless of whether they're a Republican, Democrat, or undeclared, which is the New Hampshire term for independent. Mm -hmm. Great. So you said earlier that you were expecting about 9,000 voters total. How many do you think, well, I'm, I understand you don't know yet, but how many do you expect to show up in person? Um, that's a great question. I'm thinking we may get about 2,500 absentee ballots actually returned. And mm -hmm. so if that's the case, then we'll have about 6,500 people voting in person. Okay. That's a good crowd. That's a good crowd. Oh, yes. For Milford, it'll be a record regardless. Yeah. Uh, for Milford, absolutely. Good. Right. As, so let's, let's, and you know better than I, maybe, but the last I knew, Tim, is that we had just over 12,000 registered voters. And, of course, we have people who are registering almost every day. And then the yep. supervisors of the checklist also may have had people uh, move out of town. So they've, they're taken off of the checklist. Yeah. So since, since, since you tossed me that softball, I can tell you exactly. As of this morning, we have 12,271 registered voters in Milford. That's so that's great. pretty good. And um, good. yeah. And as you said, more are registering every day. And the the supervisors of the checklist will be in session at the town hall uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, Tuesday, what would tomorrow be the 27th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. up in the banquet hall, which is the third floor of town hall. And this is actually the last opportunity voters have to register to vote before the election. Anyone who doesn't vote, doesn't register, anyone who remains unregistered after tomorrow evening has to come register at the polls. We need that time to print all the books up for you, Peter, so you can get the uh, election ready to go. That's correct. That's correct. Um, it, it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a great process. It works well, but uh, when there's a lot of people, it just slows things down um, yeah. from where we might have been. Uh, I'm thrilled to have a 75% turnout. I hope that we do get that, but you know it's a lot more work and effort uh, than when we had only 3,200, about 25% in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
So actually, let's. I don't think unless I unless I was spacing out while you're talking, I don't think we talked about the actual flow of people when you, you mentioned the gym versus the uh, cafeteria. But people right. will come in the front door and they will check in right there in the lobby. Correct? Yeah. So the majority of the registered voters will come in through the main door wearing a mask, and uh, we will have two lines of e-poll books. Those are computer-based systems that capture only the name of the voter and validate as part of the process that's used to validate that the person who says they are a resident and has given us a name is the person who's there. So we still go through the check-in process, but in a tremendous advancement from the old paper-based system, uh, we uh, it's a little bit quicker, it's a little quicker and uh, more accurate and then the paper-based system, which can be prone to human error. Uh, but the person votes, uh, I mean, excuse me, checks in at one of the ePoll books. They receive a receipt, much as if they were at a store. You hand the receipt that has your name on it, address, um, and then you exchange, the, exchange that receipt for a ballot. When you receive the ballot, which is in the gym, you then move over to the booths, and we have the traditional booths. We also have tables that people can sit at. And we also have a, a tent for handicap access. It's an enclosed tent that is uh, wheelchair accessible. Uh, people mark their ballots uh, in one of those booths and then bring it over to the, the ballot boxes, which in the gym will be the AccuVote machines. And feed it into the AccuVote machine and they can walk out uh, at the end of the gym on the left side or the right side as they see fit. Um, so it's it's a, it's a curve, but a straight line, if you will, a point-to-point -point kind of uh, process for the, uh, for the registered voters who are willing to wear a mask. In September, we had a handful of voters who were unwilling to wear a mask even for the short period of time that they're in the polling place. And again, some of those people may not be able to wear a mask. So that's, you know, we want to accommodate that. And those folks, uh, the entire process of checking in and then marking a ballot and putting the ballot into a wooden box, which is then brought over to the AccuVotes later in the day, um, all takes place under the tent. So it's like a self-contained place where people who cannot or choose not to wear a mask uh, have an opportunity to vote. The third process is uh, that new voter process mm -hmm. where they, the voter comes in the side door, walks down the corridor, the hallway, enters the cafeteria. There they encounter the supervisors of the checklist who give them the, the appropriate paperwork. Uh, once the paperwork is complete and they've been able to demonstrate that they are a resident to the satisfaction of the supervisors, they are then able to uh, receive a ballot and uh, mark the ballot, and they will put it into a ballot box that's in the in the uh, cafeteria, uh, which will later in the day be brought over to the AccuVotes in the gym and tabulated there. Good. And what do voters need to vote? Not new voters, but just I'm already registered and I want to vote. What do I need to bring with me to the high school? Well, an ID. Uh, a, a valid ID, and there's a range of them, but the most common is your driver's license. Mm -hmm. uh, for a person who is more than 65 years of age, an expired driver's license actually is acceptable. 
but only for people over 60, age 65. That's the most common one, Tim, because mm-hmm. most of us in this town, you drive to the polling place in the first place. Right. Uh, right. But other forms of IDs include a, a passport, a pass card, a uh, military ID, and there's a, there's a range of others that become less and less and common, less common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's fundamentally what is needed. Now, let's say that you park your car down on West Street, down by Osgood Road, and you walk all the way up. You remembered your mask, but you forgot your ID. Well, we have a process inside where uh, you can swear an affidavit uh, that you are who you say you are. And we take a photograph of your uh, of your face uh, with a, a Polaroid-like camera. It is, in other words, not a digital camera, but a uh, instant photo camera. And we attach the photo to that affidavit, and then that enables the voter to check in and uh, proceed. That affidavit uh, is uh, ultimately the information is provided to the attorney general's office. And the attorney general investigates all of the uh, those affidavits uh, after the election. But in the meantime, on the day of the election, a person who has forgotten their ID uh, can still vote by using that uh, affidavit process. Good. And this is probably a good time I'll throw in the uh, for the new voters, because we all always get asked, what do new voters need to register? Uh, according to New Hampshire law, there are four things that we as supervisors, I'm one of the checklist supervisors, if I haven't said that. Uh, there are four things that we have to confirm for new voters. Your identity, which is you are who you say you are. Your domicile, that you live in Milford. Your citizenship, that you're a citizen of the United States. And your age, you have to be 18 years of age. So basically, we need this documentation for all those. Uh, a driver's license with the correct Milford address on it will prove your identity and your domicile. Uh, citizenship, we require either a uh, passport or a birth certificate. If you're a naturalized citizen, you're naturalized uh, naturalization papers. Um, and also your age, the age also, obviously, your your driver's license would have that. And as you said, for the affidavit for the um, for your for voting, we have affidavits for all of those things I just said. So if you have forgotten any of those, there are um, opportunities for you to sign your name on the dotted line and still get to register to vote. Let's just talk real quickly. Uh, you know, as you're well aware, there's all sorts of uh, concerns with this election over, um, you know, that that it's on the up and up and there's no fraud and all that. So, so can we just talk briefly about the absentee ballot process? I know it's not the responsibility of the moderator; it's the town clerk, but I'm sure you. Um, I'm very familiar with the process. So what, what, what is the absentee ballot process and how can somebody vote that way? Well, the absentee process is, it's a very important distinction because when people think about mail-in, they sometimes get confused with absentee. Uh, mail-in, generally speaking, is where a state mails all of the registered voters a ballot and then the registered voter completes the ballot and mails it back to the whatever polling place. Uh, in New Hampshire, uh, our legislature and our history is that 
we expect people to vote in person, but we also recognize that there are times when people cannot vote in person. And so when a person is unable to vote in person, we have the absentee ballot, but we don't automatically mail that. A person has to make a request for an absentee ballot. When the town clerk receives that request, then they process the, the packet and send a packet to the voter that has um, the ballot inside of it, as well as another affidavit that you attest that you, the person who requested that ballot. Uh, you complete the ballot, you put the ballot inside the affidavit envelope, which is a very important state step because it, it uh, ensures the uh, sanctity of that ballot and return the ballot to the town clerk's office. Now, we oftentimes, particularly if you're early in the process, we, the town clerk will mail you that packet and you can then sit at a kitchen table or on the couch, whatever you want to do, and uh, mark your ballot, sign the affidavit, put the ballot inside the envelope and mail it back. But now that we're within a week's time of the election, we can still get an absentee ballot. Uh, however, it, you're wise to go to town hall and ask for it there. You can even fill it in there, complete the ballot there if you so wish. There's, we have space in the lobby where you can make that happen and leave it for the, uh, leave it with the town clerk. Uh, but even if you already received a, an absentee ballot packet by mail, and now as we get closer to the election, you're concerned about whether the postal service will be able to deliver that ballot on time, uh, you, you're welcome to go down with the packet to bring it to town hall during the town clerk's normal business hours, and uh, they will receive that ballot for you. So, so it is not too late. So they can still go down and do that this week, or right up till till Monday, I imagine. Is that right? You could, you could even go down, make the request on Monday, complete the ballot, and um, and uh, yeah, and give it to the town clerk on Monday. Uh, technically. Um, we receive the ballots on Monday as well, up until 5 p.m. But the, the, the town clerk is, has very restricted, if not any hours, on Tuesday, Election Day, because, of course, the town clerk and staff need to be at the high school for the polls. So uh, it's, it's best to, as a practical matter, make sure you've delivered uh, to town hall the absentee ballot no later than Monday. Okay. Good. Um, okay. What else did I want to say? I think that covers most everything. Uh, lines. Do you expect there to be lines? You said six thousand voters. I'm trying to think. There's probably going. That's probably going to be lines. Uh, yeah. There's there's little doubt in my mind. It would be offset by if we get a, a large number of absentee ballots. Certainly, the lines. We're we're equipped to handle people pretty well, but it that assumes everybody comes in this at the same pace all day long. But as mm -hmm. you might imagine, there will be people in line at 6 a.m. I guarantee that there always is. For a town election, it's like 15 or 20 people, but there's even then there's a line at the beginning. Of course, that disseminates, just I should say, it, uh, it goes away really quickly. But um, in 2012, uh, when uh, Obama and McCain were running for president, the line at the middle school 
was out around from the gym all the way around to the front of the building at 6 a.m. So, wow. uh, yeah, so, so what's <laughs> going to happen is the lines are as much a function of when people decide they want to go to the polling place. And so it ebbs and the number of people that want to go there ebb and flow during the course of the day. And you get there at the wrong moment and everybody else has thought the same thing that you did. Oh, this must be a good time to go vote. Nobody's going to be there. Well, if everybody's making has that same thought, then everybody shows up, right? <laughs> so, yep. so uh, yes, absolutely. We're, we're doing our best. Um, we've got uh, 10 people who are checking in the registered voters with the e-poll books, which are inherently faster than the paper checklists were. And uh, we've got ample booths. We've got ample people to pass out the ballots. Um, and so we're, we're doing everything we can within the limitations of the high school space and the restrictions put on, on us by uh, safety precautions that are appropriate for a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that, and, and I'll add to that, we are going to have Granite Town Meet is going to have extensive coverage. I don't know for sure. Maybe you do, Pete. I don't know for sure if they're going to point a camera at the lines or at the lobby so that you can get a sense on when a good time to come is, but regardless, yeah. there will be coverage in the gym and in the cafeteria. So you can always go on Granite Town Media or Facebook. They'll be streaming it on Facebook uh, to see how things are going during the day. And I believe they they will be broadcasting the announcement of the results at whatever time that happens. Yes, that's true. So that'll probably be probably I'm guessing close to ten o'clock. Don't you think that's a good guess this year? Um, I, I'm hesitant to do that, Tim, only because <laughs> if we have a line at eight o'clock, yeah. the nuances of the law. But a voter or a person who wants to register and vote who is in line at eight o'clock when the hour polls close and the, the closing time differs by community, but Milford is at eight o'clock. Um, mm -hmm. Anyone who is in line gets to vote or gets to register and vote. And so if there's a long line as there was in 2012 of people registering the vote at eight o'clock, then um, that keeps everything from being uh, we can't even begin to count until after we've all the people have voted. And so if we don't have the last voter in to the building and go through the process until 8.30 or quarter or nine, that makes 10 o'clock highly unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll be there uh, uh, counting uh, until the counting is done. Good. Excellent. All right, good. So this is probably a good place to stop. I know you've got another meeting in five minutes, so we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap this thing up here. Um, was there anything else in particular you wanted to say that, that we didn't cover? Uh, the only thing I would add, Tim, and thank you for that, is that uh, myself, the checklist supervisors like yourself, the town clerk and her uh, assistants, my assistant moderators, and more than 120 other volunteers, all community members, every one of us live in Milford, uh, are doing whatever we can to make sure we have a safe, secure and trustworthy election. I agree. Thank you very much for that. That's important. Um, in this day and age where people like to complain about every little thing, it's good to uh, kind of drive home the, the. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing the volunteers that show up at election day. It, it really is. I, I, you have over 100 volunteers lined up, right, Pete? I have 120. Wow. So, and, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's really amazing. 
plus uh, elected officials like yourself. And every single one of those people is a resident. And before they begin work, they swear an oath on, to the, on the Constitution of the state of New Hampshire that they will uphold the laws. So um, you could be assured that they're not only people who want to do their best, um, but they're charged to do their best as well. Yeah. And if you see them on Election Day, just give them a little nod, a little little thank you for uh, for their work. Yes, um, Okay, so thank you very much, Peter. I'm just going to quickly recap here. We, uh, if you want to register to vote before Election Day, um, I don't know what time this is going to be published, but um, if this is before Tuesday, you, the supervisors of the checklist will be in session on Tuesday, October 27th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Milford Town Hall, 3rd Floor Banquet Hall. You can register to vote then. If you miss us, then you can register on the day of voting. Uh, voting day is Tuesday, November 3rd at the Milford High School on West Street. Polls will be open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. In the meantime, keep an eye on the Town of Milford website or the Facebook various Facebook pages for other election information. Our theme music for this episode was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or most major podcasting apps. As always, we welcome any feedback or suggestions you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to the Granitown Media Facebook page and leave us a comment. Thank you once again for listening, and we hope you join us again for another episode of Inside Milford. Thank you.